0: Previously on the Nature of My Game podcast.
1: The steps are littered with crushed insect bodies.
2: Just so want to make sure I'm correct that like there is a clear difference between bug goo and the blood that we are seeing.
1: There is an enormous hole in the basement floor. And by enormous, I mean it it looks enough that a person could crawl in if they wanted to.
2: Oh, I don't love that. I don't love that description. I mean, you're an adult human man, I guess. So you can make your own choices. Allegedly.
1: (laughs) Embedded in the mucusy wall of this hole is a human skull that is not a full grown skull. Tommy
3: Whitty killing children since season one.
1: (laughs) And you hear now skittering somewhere further down the hole. Evie,
3: there's there's something coming. There's there's a hole. It's not very big. Can you can you block it?
1: Get out of there, and then that's what I'm gonna do. You guys show up at VH Labs. You have been, you said you were driving in that direction, sort of without thinking about it. And before you know it, you're there. My name is Dr. Deborah Selter, and I used to work at the lab.
3: Los Angeles, California. October 5th, 2005. Don't fucking lie to her. This had been a bad idea. Evie Younger knew that now. She had spent the last hour watching Althea Belmont, Psychic to the Stars, hold court backstage with the staff of the Bellamy Briar Show. Althea was the centerpiece of the daytime talk show's spooky October showcase. She predicted the future for audience members and made outlandish predictions for the year to come. If she was wrong most of the time, well, let that be its own lesson. Althea was roughly Evie's age, somewhere in her mid-thirties, but felt older. Her presence was calm, reassuring, and more than enough to command a room. Althea had arrived at the show on her own, and she was all she needed. Evie had shown up with the paranormal investigation crew she sometimes worked with. They had been the ones to convince her to take the appearance on the nationally syndicated talk show. Well, specifically, it had been Quentin Shelley, the group's unofficial spokesman and the only person other than Marion Hathaway whose opinion Evie ever deferred to. It would be a great boost for the group's brand, and the money from booking the gig wouldn't hurt either. As Althea gently took her by the arm and guided Evie to sit by her on the couch, Evie could feel her eyes filling with tears. The pressure Evie felt was nearly suffocating. She needed an escape. She relaxed her gaze and retreated into the comforting haze of the sight. That was when she saw him the spirit tagging along with the makeup artist tending to both Evie and Althea. The outer edges of his form rippled like water when a stone skims across it, but his center was clearer. Evie wished it wasn't. She could see the bloat of a body that had been submerged for far too long. Little spots, too, where something had picked at the skin. The only aspects of his appearance that seemed untouched by degradation were his eyes. They were big and green, just like the makeup artist's. As Evie returned her focus to the room, she heard the young woman asking Althea about her cousin who had gone missing. He had disappeared months ago while on a solo cross-country road trip. She didn't usually believe in psychics, but she was desperate for answers. Althea barely started in on her response. Her cousin was alive and well. He had taken a detour and gone off the grid to help recenter and find himself. When Evie broke in, What was that? Althea asked while looking about, her voice gentle. It didn't take long for her eyes to fall on Evie. Everyone else was already looking at her. I said, don't fucking lie to her, Evie repeated. She pulled herself together to try to project a confidence that might rival Althea's. He's dead. The girl sobbed. Althea's eyes steeled, and she drew the girl's head to her chest, comforting her. Your gifts are immature, Althea insisted. An old version of him has passed, perhaps, but he is born anew. He will return to his family soon. All versions of him have fucking passed because he's dead. He's at the bottom of a fucking lake, or... Evie tried to conjure the spirit away. Her heart started to race. She started to twist the ring on her right hand, a gift from her great-grandmother. She's a performer, sweetheart, Evie heard Althea explain to the girl. She and her lot, they trade in ghosts and horrors. Evie felt like tearing Althea apart. She turned to give the psychic another piece of her mind, but as she did, she came face to face again with the decaying, waterlogged corpse of the girl's cousin. Evie screamed and stumbled backwards. From her right, a security guard tried to grab her arm and caused her to jerk in the opposite direction. She tumbled to the ground. Evie felt a sharp pain shoot across the length of her right arm. In a reflexive attempt to stop herself from falling, her arm had reached out for something to grab and caught on the sharp edge of a production trunk. The gash wasn't that deep, but enough to draw blood. The bright red liquid was the final push that sent Evie's mind falling too. The voice in her head, a voice that sounded like a distorted version of her own when she messed up, and like the comforting whisper of her great grandmother when she did well, sounded very, very much like her own right now. She was a fake. She was a failure. This young woman's life was ruined by the spectacle Evie had created, right or wrong. The voice didn't care that in two years they would find Seth Rodman's remains still in the driver's seat of his trunk at the bottom of a lake not far from the last motel he slept at. The voice demanded action. Consequences. Now. Unable to find any other implement to do the job, Evie dug her nails into the wound on her arm and started tearing at the flesh.
1: This is the Monster of the Week system that we are using for uh, this season of Nature of My Game. It's the first time for us using this system for the podcast. So I, I had to ask, this is my other, I already asked you about ghost shows, right? This is the other TV <laughs> show question that I had prepared, which is, are there any Monster Monster of the Week quote unquote style shows, your X-Files and Buffy's and all of that sort of thing? that you enjoyed, either in the past, currently, are there any particular monsters from those types of shows that stood out to you as memorable, something you liked mm-hmm. as a favorite? That's
2: a good second question.
1: <gasps> that doesn't count, That doesn't count! <laughs> it was different,
2: slightly. <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. I'm glad that like I didn't know that this was coming yesterday because I almost like followed this up with but I watched lots of narrative versions of that like um cuz yeah, like I got super into the X-Files like right when it went to FX mm-hmm. and they were showing all of it um because god, the joy of basic cable, right? I binged it. I was just super into it. Um I like was Really into the early seasons of Supernatural, in a way that I'm not proud of. But I'm not going to lie and deny that it happened. Um, but that's brave. Yes. You. I know. Well, I was one of the weird ones who like when Castiel came in, I was like, he's stupid. I'm out. Um, which is the exact opposite reaction of 95% of the
0: people who watch. No shade to Castiel, <laughs> a show I haven't watched, but you, even with that decision, you're not one of the weird ones I would qualify for the Supernatural fandom. Well,
2: there are stories I could tell, but not here in public. <laughs> But no, I love all those shows. Like, I was a huge Buffy person. I loved Angel. I
1: loved any of that weird stuff. Any any monsters that you liked from those shows?
0: Oh,
2: man. I nearly said it, and then I didn't, Eric. <laughs> it's, I don't know. Like, I mean, one of the things that I really loved about early Supernatural in particular was the way they could cull monsters and ideas of weird things from like different cultures around the world, which is like slightly appropriative, but also really fun and like kind of a really rad way to to have this strange adventure, rather than like just sticking to one kind of thing. Um, So I really liked just the fact that there was this big variety of things. I don't know if I could point to specific, but like, I like that variety.
1: And digging into other cultures, monsters is often very interesting because yeah. there, there will be things that are like really similar to stuff that you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like the differences feel very stark and really interesting and add a lot of texture to stuff, which is, I think, very cool.
3: Absolutely. I am... Um... So maybe somewhat surprisingly, I have not watched all of Exiles and I'm um, only about two or three seasons into X-Files very recently. Hmm. But I'm really enjoying X-Files. Um, I think it was sparked more by actually playing Delta Green. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, sure. this, is kind, sure. of, this yeah. is kind of X-Files-y. Like, let yeah. me uh, let me let me dig into the show. And so I you know really enjoying X-Files for as far as I've gotten in there. I think I gravitate more toward their kind of continuity episodes, the ones mm. that kind of yeah. you know especially especially around the alien conspiracy. I do I I think I find those most interesting, but you know the the monster of the Wiki episodes are also very fun. Um I think there was a I actually think this episode is like usually ranked really low on X-Files episodes but there was like a <laughs> skinwalker kind of episode mm. um which I actually I really enjoyed. Also the one that when they're up at the like it probably wasn't this but like the North Pole mm-hmm. like Oh, the uh, one that's like
2: the thing kind of. Yeah. That was very I good. love a
3: bottle episode that maybe that's yeah. not a traditional bottle episode but I love a I love a very self-contained story um and so yeah. that one is fun. Yeah, yeah. I also have to say, so I haven't watched a lot of other ones. I haven't watched Buffy. I haven't watched Supernatural. And this is such a weird thing, but I really disliked Scooby-Doo when (laughs) I was growing up. (laughs) Um, But only because my cousin, who I'm very close with, he's the best man at my wedding. um, You know, we grew up together. Loved Scooby-Doo. And so when we were kids, he always wanted to watch Scooby-Doo. And I got so sick of it. that I'm like, no, I don't want any more Scooby-Doo. I hate Scooby-Doo. Um, I feel like I should like Scooby-Doo, but I just, I have such a bad connotation with it that, that <laughs>
2: Scooby-Doo incredible. is also out for me.
1: You, you could be one of the rare Scrappy-Doo fans, <laughs> which <laughs> oh would be God. the ultimate way to show how much you hate Scooby-Doo.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, I've watched, I mean, also I've watched, I think like maybe three or four seasons of the X-Files. Uh, I, it, I did it in like a binge right after I graduated law school and was unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> and I have Prime time for binge. Always. Um and I don't know. Like I and I did like it. It's one of those things I always want to go back to, but I'm just like, Oh, am I gonna have to start it over again? And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say anymore, yeah. I'm not that much of a binger. Uh and other than that, I did watch Buffy when I was younger when it was like still like when it was on like in its original yeah. run but I don't have a lot of recollection of it and I think I don't really end up watching a lot of those kinds of shows because uh I'm a baby and
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: if anyone if a character I am vaguely attached to dies and that's what happens in those sure. shows I get very sad so um, very easily it's embarrassing so I don't I don't tend to gravitate towards those kinds of shows, even though I do l- like it. I like the concept of the paranormal and things like that. But I mean, I've played video games, you know, that deal with it. But just I don't know. I don't know. The shows just just when people die, it makes me sad.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's very fair. That's I totally did fair. remember one. I did remember one other um, thing that's like vaguely that's kind of in this vein that I that I feel like I need to share that I love. Did any of you read the Bailey School Kids books when you were a kid? Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm familiar. I don't know that I read them, but I know them. The, like... Uh, vampires don't wear polka dots yep. and like oh, uh, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah I've yeah, heard yeah. of these. But don't I play never basketball read any of them. Mm-hmm. and things yeah. like that. It's like <laughs> it's four kids at like an elementary school and they always suspect that like someone vaguely in their or some adult vaguely in their orbit is like a mythological creature hmm. and then it gets debunked but then right at the end it's like but actually yes. maybe they actually <laughs> are this thing. They um, were. <laughs> and it's amazing and I love Bailey school kids and I'm <laughs> In the process of trying to collect Bailey's books. Is why you named your For my daughter, oh my Bailey. Gosh. Unrelated naming. I love it. I love this. Oh, yes. Unrelated. Eric sure. Yeah. No. Wait,
1: or was it in keeping
2: with the theme? Right. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. This is
1: why... uh, Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I hadn't thought
0: of those books in forever, but yes, I definitely read all of
1: those. (laughs) They're so good. They're so good. They are. Uh, Here's why this was a bad question is because I don't actually have a good answer for this (gasps) for my own question (laughs) that I'm presenting. Uh, I I didn't watch a ton of X-Files, only saw Buffy here and there. Uh, the one that sticks in my memory is the weird, like, cyber demon thing that exists. Like, it was, like, in the yeah. internet. Was, like, yeah, it was. Oh, this is. Okay, sure. Sure. God bless Very, the 90s. like, yeah, I was going to say, very <laughs> 90s in the internet thing. Like, okay. And then I did. It, it, Fascinatingly, have having not watched much X Files, I did watch the X Files movie, which is like the capstone <laughs> of all of the X Files. Like that's the, the end one of the where narrative. Mulder and
2: Scully almost kiss. Yeah, that <laughs> one, that one,
1: and like, no. not. It's not really a spoiler to say like that whole thing only deals with the whole alien conspiracy yeah. stuff, right? Like, very much. it's not a Monster of the Week thing, obviously. Nope. It's, like, it's about the narrative that the X-Files was building. And having been exposed to very little of it, went and watched it in, like, ninth grade <laughs> or 10th grade or whenever it was out. And was yep. like, huh, okay. How is it? Is the movie good? I don't remember most of it. I remember okay. pieces.
2: I think they referenced yeah, it in I the next re- season of the show. I think I so you do it, have to watch. It,
1: okay. I think, I re- yeah, I remember it being fine. That's, that's all I remember. I remember a scene where Mulder is, like... Mulder, Scully, whichever one of them. One of them oh is like God. at a, like a You're playground where like there's a playground set up, and they're like looking and turning over pieces. And they're like this sod was laid recently. Like this is a cover up. <laughs> like it was just about how it was a cover up for. Feels alien like that was shit. Mulder. It's probably always a Mulder then. Yeah, Mulder's the man. Scully's the woman. Yeah, that was probably Mulder then. Yes, I, I legit don't remember who said it, but like yes, they were like investigating this site anyway.
2: I I find it fascinating, right? That, like, I think they made three Total X-Files movies and, like, one of them was very alien-centric. The second one, I have no memory of. (laughs) The third one, I went to see, and it was actually pretty darn successful because it was far after the show had ended, and they just went back to the idea of a monster of the week. And they were just like, we're just gonna solve a thing. Nice. And, like, it was just like getting to see your old pals, Mulder and Scully, like, do what they do really well again. Mm -hmm. It was nice. There was like reunite. two other people who watched it in the movie theater with me. Like I don't think it did well financially.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have to get was, together for one final mission. Oh, exactly. One last job.
2: It's a good stuff.
3: But then they but then they they rebooted the show, right? So that came after the third movie. <laughs> <Yeah. then. laughs> Oops. Exactly. But I think the reboot of the show was fine also, right?
0: I honestly
2: I didn't finish it. I yeah. was a little underwhelmed. All right. But that's okay. Enough.
0: Like I didn't right. hear good things from my X-Files friends.
1: <laughs> so, speaking of X-Files oh, friends. Oh boy. Oh boy, here, here we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so uh, scary. <laughs> we have our three investigators, Kurt, Evelyn, and Marion. They have been uncovering um these insect attacks that have been occurring, uh, including one that was covered up, clearly. And they have found a connection to a local Lab called VH Labs private research company they ended up driving there late at night it's 1, 1.30 in the morning at this point probably close closing in on 2 and they were outside the labs discussing breaking into the lab to find out what was <laughs> going on and just as they were getting out of the car to pursue this particular plan well, a certain woman showed up acting like she was pointing a gun at them. And it turned out to be one Dr. Deborah Selter, whose name has come up already as being part of these experiments, um, along with the Dr. Kenwick. And she revealed who she was. And that's where we kind of uh, cut off last time. So she's standing there, still very nervous. She still has her hand in her pocket. Although at this point, I think everyone has figured out that she does not have a gun. She's sort of like, <laughs> and, and now it's, it. it's not pointed at, like it, it's kind of down at her side. I think she's sort of understands that this, she's not selling this particularly well. <laughs> and she's standing there and she has just said, I'm Dr. Deborah Selter. I used to work at VH Labs. What do you do?
0: Uh, I. W- it up, and Evie's kind of, like, still in the car, half out, like, maybe the door's open. Can I use telepathy to read her thoughts?
1: Sure. Mm. Sure. That. Cause Yeah, absolutely you can.
0: She's acted kind of like, oh, maybe, you know, she's not with it, but I, the, the ghost of yeah. Martina just told me that, you know, Seltzer and Kenwick mm-hmm.
1: mm Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, is there so, what specifically are you trying to do in reading her thoughts? Just kind of generally it, get, like,
0: if this, I, I guess I'm just trying to get a vibe of, if this is a trap, if this, or just mm-hmm. if she's being genuine here as far sure, as seeming sure, sure. like.
1: Okay. I'm going to let you, I'm going to do this as a role here. And I think sure. I'd like you to try to manipulate someone in doing this. Like, I, I think in order to kind of get access to what she's thinking and like where she is mentally, I think okay. I want to manipulate someone role to kind of make, see, see how this goes. Okay.
0: Okay. It
1: is an eight. Eight. Okay. So you peer into her mind and you reach out with your telepathy and what you get, what the kind of the sense of what you're getting is she is extremely anxious about this and she's just Mm -hmm. kind of looking and thinking, who are these people? I really need to, I really need to get this done. Like I can't, like they're, they're interrupting and now this could completely throw everything off.
0: i Do I get any kind of sense of like what we're
1: what we're interrupting or you, I think you have a vision sort of, um, because it's telepathy, it's like thoughts and sort of like, kind of like sense of what they're thinking about. And you just see that she, like, she wants to break into the lab. That is also what she is doing or what she is here to do. Like she's trying to get in.
3: Okay. Perfect. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, so I think
3: it, we left Kurt and he had his hands, yeah. he had dropped the baseball bat mm-hmm. and, and had, had, had his hands kind of raised up in the air. And I think he was trying to figure out what to do when Marion got out of the car and seemed very kind of nonchalant. Um, she knew first that the gun wasn't real. And so I think he just kind of looks to her pointedly and kind of like, keep going, right? Like whatever it is that you're doing, keep cool. going.
1: Okay. I will also let you know, by the way, that um, just kind of as a keeper, I'm just making a kind of a blanket keeper decision here, Uh, because, Kurt, you tried to um, use a move on her that did not work at the end of the last session, as you recall, Mm -hmm. um, that is going to carry forward with the rest of kind of the immediate situation insofar as you tried it, it didn't work you feel like it's not good, like you won't be able to do it again. Yeah. She she will be able to resist if you try again, at least in the immediate situation. Just Makes so you're sense. aware of that.
2: Okay. Um, as I recall, she said to us that like, there, there was something that was giving us the strong impression that like, she didn't, she had quest like there was something that, like she was approaching this, not trusting the mm-hmm. lab. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't recall what she said exactly.
1: Well, Does anyone remember? She had said that she had been, she had been fired from the lab, okay. cool, right?
2: Cool, cool. Okay.
1: I think that she kind
3: of implied that like we didn't understand what they were doing in there, yes. and that like it's that it's it's like dangerous, and we like and sh- like it, it was clear that she was kind of at, at odds with whatever mm. was happening in there, or at least she was making it seem like she was at odds with whatever was happening in there.
0: Right. Cool. Yeah. That's why Evie did the telepathy. Because
2: yeah. Right. Yeah, so I mean, I think Marion will just say, well, Dr. Salter, I I feel like if you are not, if the vibe of this lab is not your vibe anymore, that's great news for us. Because I think we're pretty sure that's never been our vibe. And, uh, oh dear, Marion's starting to flounder. And we gotta gotta change that vibe or turn it (laughs) off
1: at the source or... So... Dr. Selter will kind of, she will just fully take her hands out of her pockets at this point, yeah. like she's obviously not armed and she just looks at you and says what What do you know about what's going on?
2: Well I got a bug inside me right now which is not a great way to be really? and I think you might know something about that.
3: We've been nearly attacked by a swarm of these creatures, We've we've seen a friend torn apart by them but where they come from, what their goal is, I, I don't think that we,
1: I don't think we know. It, that sounds like something that you know. Interesting. Okay.
2: And we know about the Greenmans.
1: The Greenman residence. Yeah. That was because What's of, of that was because of an insect attack. And she, uh, there's oh, a bit of a question yeah. in her voice and she's. There's lots yes, of wolves. we were, we were nearly attacked there. She nods. I suspected as much. I didn't know for sure, but I suspected as much. All right. Well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Much of this is is my fault. I uh, I was working with Doctor Kenwick, um, and the two of us were working on genetics with insects, creating a. Well, the idea was to create a, a new universal uh, pollinator, and an insect that would be resilient, could be used world over, especially with issues with declining bee populations, uh, extinctions of other insects. I mean, this could become a real issue in the future, and we were working on an insect that could be put anywhere on Earth and and serve as a a passive pollinator for any any, uh, of the various uh, trees and grasses and flowers and everything. And, well, that's my understanding of what we were working on. We began to increase the resiliency of the insects so that it could survive multiple environments. Dr. Kenwick wanted to push it further. He continued to insist that we needed to increase the resiliency, add on um, genetic abilities for self-defense, incorporate more uh, of the sort of, um, I don't know, sort of hive instincts of colony insects and animals. And I think I think I understand that now that Dr. Kenwick was working the entire time towards something much different than my understanding of the project. I mean, I I learned for sure at a certain time, but I thought perhaps he had changed after an offer of money perhaps, but I think he's been working on this for quite some time and I just didn't understand the true nature of what was happening. Eventually he started to uh, incorporate additional things that I did not agree with in the direction of the project, and at that point, I I threatened him. I I threatened to go to, threatened to go to the CEO, to Hmm. the head of VH Labs, in order to fire him. But, another mistake on my part. I did not do that. I threatened him instead, thought that would straighten him out. The next thing I know, I am being fired from VH Labs. He went to them spouting the same thing, and at that point he was the senior researcher. It was his word versus mine, and I was fired.
0: Evie's gonna get out of the car um, now. She's kind of been half in, half out. When the fuck was that?
1: Just a few weeks ago. But this was more than science, wasn't it? Everything that I wanted to do was in what I would call the purview of science. What Dr. Kenwick started to do was scientific, I suppose, but there were other elements involved um that were frankly unbelievable Hmm, like what there were specimens that were gathered and incorporated into the genome of the creature oh god these specimens exhibited what i would call unnatural abilities and what spawned from them was something that was horrifying there's a These creatures, you've encountered them, these insects, uh, what we uh, ended up calling in the scientific uh, terminology, uh, Megalamia mortium.
2: Sounds like Death Beetle to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They are not just a new species, uh, an entire, not just a new genus, but an entirely new order of Mm. insect. Oh boy. And there is a queen of Mm. these insects, and... She is uh, horrifying.
2: Dr. Seltzer. I don't understand. You have your goals, and you say that Kenwick had his own that were different from yours. What the hell were his?
1: Based on what I was able to find out before I was let go, I believe that he was going to turn these insects into uh, some sort of weapon. He was in talks with private defensive contractors private defensive firms to sell his research to them do you think he was
3: was he contacted by them did he con- or did did he come up with this idea do you have any idea who 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 had the idea first
1: that i don't know
3: hmm. and this this queen if we if we destroy her what does that do to the rest
1: I'm not sure, I'll be honest with you. I, my hope is that if the queen is destroyed, it will either uh, destroy the brood or it will, for lack of a better term, disable um, some of their uh, more uh, unnatural abilities that they seem to possess. But. I don't know that for sure. Um, We, in our previous unsuccessful experiments before Dr. Kenwick started incorporating his research into them, Destroying the Queen did what Destroying the Queen does to other colony insects. It destroys the hive, essentially, individuals stay alive for as long as they would normally stay alive, but there's no no organizational structure, and eventually um, they either can find a new queen if they can incorporate themselves into another hive, or they starve. But I don't know what happens with these specimens.
2: Speaking of specimens, do you have any idea where he got these unnatural specimens from?
1: I'm not entirely clear on that. With the speed that he was able to get them, I believe they may have been sourced locally.
2: I don't like the sound of that at all. No,
3: not one bit. Yeah, I mean I think Kurt Kurt's brain right now is like racing between like wanting to know how it all happened but then feeling the tension of like how do we how do we deal with this problem as quickly as possible? Yep. What were
1: you coming here to do? Were you coming to you were coming to break into the lab?
3: Uh
2: Yeah, we didn't have much of a plan, but we were trying to get in somehow or
3: other. Okay. We were still in what you might call a uh, information <laughs> gathering phase
1: <laughs> if you That's want to, if you want to do that i might be able to help you i was trying to get in because if i can get in hmm. i can destroy the research
2: hmm. it
1: does not by itself deal with the problem of the existing queen and it, her brood but it does ensure that it can't be duplicated i think we can destroy the research and any other Specimens that might have been used, that could be used to replicate the research, but we would still have to deal with the queen.
3: Hmm. Do you feel like are 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 you confident that we're only dealing with one brood, one hive, one queen at this point? I am confident of that. Yes, I do believe we are only
1: dealing with one. Okay, good. (laughs) Given Tommy' ideas, (laughs) now that you mention it, I'm not sure why not. No, what an interesting idea.
3: (laughs) One other question. Do you know where the queen is? I would think that she would be here. Oh God! Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was Eric
1: saying. Oh God! Okay.
2: <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ask, Doc. Uh, how big, how big were we talking?
1: The queen is roughly the size of a person. Great. <laughs> nope, 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 nope.
0: Let's just set the lab on fire and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> Tempting.
1: You need to okay. get in there. Yeah, Four people is better than one. I wasn't Absolutely. entirely sure how I was going to do this by myself. I just wanted to do it, and I don't know how many opportunities to try to even get in I would have had. But something that I do have now is I was able to get one of these, something I previously no longer had. She holds it up. She has a swipe card to get into the,
2: nice. Into nice. the facility.
1: I also can tell you, though it does not look guarded from the outside. Oh, inside, no. Well, it's not... There's not high security measures inside, but the only way we can get in after hours with the swipe is through the front door. Any other door that you try to get into, you can't swipe into if you try to break in. There are alarms. Gotcha. Through the front door, there is going to be a single security officer. If we can get past that person, we should be able to do whatever we need to do in the labs.
0: Okay, but I don't know if you were paying attention to the beginning of our conversation. One of these bugs is in Marianne's fucking <laughs> stomach. And any time, any other time we've seen these things scurrying, started doing some shit, it, I think, I think, Marianne has oh, seemed no. not to, to feel well. I don't know what the fuck it's doing.
1: They seem to have, it's like they have a connection, right? There's some sort of link yeah, between it, the it knows and individual pissed, insects. It's
0: pissed, I don't know. I talked to it, yes. it didn't have a lot of thoughts.
1: Yes. I believe that Dr. Kenwick was working to do something to ha- exhibit some sort of, because of these this communal link they seem to possess, I think he worked on something to be able to exhibit some sort of base control over the queen. I don't know how successful that ended up being, but he needed to be able to direct the queen, and thus direct the brood, the swarm, to do whatever it needed to do. Uh, it makes sense. It was the only way to use it as a directable weapon, I suppose.
0: Well, I'm not trying to go into any situation where I'm gonna piss this thing off even more, and this bug <laughs> in Marion is gonna lose its fucking mind and start eating her alive from the inside. Sorry, Marion. Yeah, that's fair. Do you... Is there anything you can do...
1: I wish I had an answer for you other than attack... Th- and destroy the queen.
2: Do you think there's any chance of, like, before we attack and destroy, using whatever beep-boop computer system he's using on the queen to be like, hey, get that one little guy out of that one lady who's right there, and then we kill it?
1: You know, that might be possible. I don't know if the directions can get that specific.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or are going to be, like, on a nice little placard right next to the Yeah, it might be worth a try. (laughs) That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, honestly, didn't hadn't quite put that together, Evie. That uh this could get real dicey, but I think it's our best shot. I think we just got to do it real quick and hope.
3: Unless we can find a way to give it some sort of instruction, like you said.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh how 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 close are we to Saint Stevens?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's um I mean, well, you're a little your ways out, out of town. Like. So yeah, it's and this is on the western side, so you are probably—you actually would have to drive through and across town to get to State in. The same ah, series. hell!
2: Okay, great.
1: I—I also—I mean, I think I would—I
3: think I would want us to go over with her like what she knows about. I mean, other, th- more than what we already know. Like, what can yeah. they do? What mm-hmm. should be we, we be looking out for? What weaknesses might we be why able to exploit? Yeah, with Yeah. Why don't
1: you? Who wants to do that? Because I will let someone roll an investigate a mystery roll um, to see, see what information own. you can get.
3: Shouldn't be me, I've got unless you unless you'll let me roll charm to try to get her to not charm with my ability, but like right. charm is and manipulate someone right. to to tell us everything
1: she knows. But I shouldn't roll sharp.
0: I have a plus one sharp.
1: Yeah, I only have a zero. Uh, yeah, I'd like to do this as an investigative mystery, because I think this is more about kind of getting that information yeah. rather than sort of, like, convincing her to tell you um, everything she knows.
0: Okay, well, I'll do it then. Please. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus did not hear. <gasps> oh, Jesus. What'd you get? i have uh, uh, a four. Four. Okay. But, okay. but, but... but... If I use my luck... It might be worth it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It very very well may be worth it. Yeah. I think it probably is. All right. (laughs) I'll use my second luck.
1: Okay. You use your second point of luck. What questions would you like to ask? Uh, Like, what information are you trying to get out of the kind kind of set list of questions that are available? What happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? What is being concealed here?
0: What can hurt it?
1: Okay. So I know that the the, the insects themselves are resilient, but susceptible to any sort of normal uh, way that you might kill uh, a small creature. I mean, they can be crushed. Uh, they can be um, burnt, uh, cut in half, whatever. Any of those types of things. Um, the queen... The queen may just, I mean, you may just need to really focus in on the queen to kill her. I don't really know. The problem is that Dr. Kenwick made these creatures particularly resilient. And so it may simply be a process of trying to um, do as much damage as you can as quickly as you can.
3: Yeah.
0: So do I ask other questions from this list? Or? Oh,
1: that's right. That's true. I forgot. With a 12, hmm. like, in the extended rules, that, that is a possibility as well. You can list and you can have one more question, right? Yes, 12. yes.
0: Okay. Is there anything that these fucking... I mean, clearly, as she holds up her hand, which... I mean, gnarly also from the dish shard, but also from the <laughs> bug piercing her hand. It's like We know it, they can hurt like a son of a bitch. Are there any... Is there anything else that they can do? Is there anything else that the Queen can do that you know of? Do they have any other forms of attack that maybe we just haven't fucking triggered yet?
1: Hmm. Have you encountered a swarm of them yet?
0: There was at the Greenman house. There was a swarm that was coming. We blocked it.
1: Impressive. Impressive of you to get away from them. Very good. I, If they swarm something, I mean... They can. Dr. Kenwick, shortly before uh, I was fired, <laughs> um, would throw live animals into.
2: Oh! The
3: yep. The enclosures
1: yep. 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 with yep. the swarm and. Um, like mealworms, but worse. Become bone oh. uh, in seconds.
2: That that She's bad.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Here's a quick question. So marion in the trunk of her car has a crossbow and some armor how far away is the salt and pepper diner because <laughs> i left all that stuff um, in the
1: trunk <laughs> i would say there's the no and pepper time diner um is probably about 15 to 20 minutes away okay
2: oh is it worth a delay to try and get that stuff yeah i mean i'll, I'll bring it up I'll, I'll say uh so fun fact if we're about to go into beetle territory or whatever the fancy Latin term was, <laughs> Greek's more my thing um, is it is it worth it for me to go and try to get some stuff that's gonna help us fight it at this point? Because I left it all in my trunk what do y'all think?
0: Can I do the site real quick to see if like there are more bugs congregating, if I can see more of the energy, if I can see like when we're out at carts um, before in the big, I assume maybe was the projection of the queen that was talking to me to see if like there seems like this is growing since last time I looked.
1: Yeah, um, you can go ahead and use the site, uh, da, 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 which yeah, I would. Now I'll let you use this one for free without an investigative mystery roll. Like just seen. you, you. Yeah, I was gonna say you've done this before, so you close your eyes and you tap into the site and open them. Everything's feel negative. You look around. There, there are sort of more. You're seeing a little bit more. Um, action sort of underground it seems like there's more of mm-hmm. that sort of unusual energy that is moving it doesn't appear to be a full swarm right now though it seems like it is just sort of the movement has picked up some but it is not necessarily a huge mass
0: it's not like they're all like just a yeah. steady stream i can see coming from town
1: underground <laughs> no not that you can see the site also only extends so far
0: yes yeah, yes yeah, so yeah yeah yeah, okay sorry so she comes back out of it I mean, there are more bugs than there were earlier, um, but there's not there's not a ton of them I can see. I don't, but I don't know. I don't know with with the bug already inside of you. I don't know if he starts up. I don't know how it matters because he's already inside. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think this is this is from Eric's perspective and not from Kurt's, Kurt's perspective. But like, I want you, I want your character to feel comfortable going into a battle. <laughs> um, you know, to whatever extent that is that is the case. Yeah. But I'm not sure that in that like I'm not sure that the armor and the crossbow are necessarily essentials unless they unless you feel like they are. And I don't know, you know, I don't know the the quote unquote build of your character to know whether those things feel essential to you.
2: That's fair. I mean, it, it'd be nice because, like, it's one armor. So I think, I believe that mm-hmm. protects me from, like, an automatic one harm.
1: Yeah. It does prevent a single harm from anything that is, like, yeah. Yeah. From any attack, so.
2: The worst part is that because of my fortunes roll, I could potentially have a useful object ready. But, like, I think I have narratively backed myself into a corner because we just tore out of that diner. Like, I don't, I, I didn't bring anything
1: with me. Well, you didn't bring anything with you, but, um, I mean, we, there, we can kind of narratively work it because of the way that that ability works, such that, like, okay. if you want your useful object to be, this evening, actually, you were wearing your armor, <laughs> that is okay. <laughs> like, we can, we can say What that does that your armor okay.
2: look like? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean. What a
2: good question. Your
1: armor might be such that it is under your flowy, like, yeah. you know, your flowy clothes normally anyway, and so you are wearing it.
2: You know what? Actually, that is true because I haven't been attacked like in that way. I've been, I've swallowed something and I've hit my head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that actually could potentially work and that would make me feel better. So yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's that I'm already wearing the armor and I, I, I don't go back for the crossbow. Okay. I will let that be be your
1: useful item if that's what you want to use it on. Okay. Okay.
2: I just had a, a weird vibe this morning where I was like, you know, <laughs> better, better, yeah. better so on maybe Maybe
1: Marion, instead of her concern about going to get the armor, is just thinking about the crossbow and kind of does the, yeah. thankfully I have this and shows maybe there's like yeah. a leather armor or something like that, some kind of mm-hmm. protective layer that she has on. Yeah. So I think while all of
3: this is going on, Kurt will say, um, you know, I, I don't know how helpful I'm going to be in bringing down this this queen but I do think that I might be able to get us inside. I you know a lot of the a lot of the people that work out here they're members of the community. I there's even a chance that I know the security guard. Why don't you all let me go see if I can get us in? Dr. Selter, I feel like you're just going to raise more alarm bells than you know by your presence than than you would by staying here. So let me see if I can get us in
1: and sure. we can go from there. If you can get in then the other the rest of us can follow you. Um, I know the lab very well, so I can, I'd like to be there to just be able to guide and tell you where to go so we can get the, get the research, get rid of it, and then do what we need to do to dispose of the queen.
3: Let me go speak with the guard and see what I can do. Okay, she hands
1: you the swipe to get in.
0: Mr.
1: Man about fucking town. <laughs> <laughs> That's TV under her bra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So Kurt. So Kurt is just gonna confidently march to the front door mm-hmm. and swipe in. Okay. You swipe in. Light goes green. You pull the door oh, God, open and walk it. in. And there is uh, a man who is behind a desk, sitting there. He's wearing a security guard's uniform, and right now he's snoring. <laughs> you just hear. the <laughs> And as <laughs> once the swipe goes off, though, when you kind of walk in, there's you, <clears throat> oh, oh, oh uh, excuse me, uh, sir, sir, um, sorry, is is can I see uh, an ID, a, a lab badge ID, please? And you can sign is in. That, is
3: that different than the? Uh, is that different than the security it card? It is different
1: than the security card? Yes. Okay. Um, do I recognize this person? Um.
3: She I do high
1: graduate. I would say you don't necessarily recognize this person that they it doesn't necessarily mean that they aren't from around town, just that they are not someone you have interacted with with any frequency.
3: Sure, and then I can actually ask one other question. What did she mean when she said if you can get in, we can get in? Like does she mean that like I'm allowed to bring visitors? Does she mean that like I can open up a side door that
1: doesn't set off the alarms? I think she just means she trusts that you you said that you have a way to get in and that if that's the case then she she assumes that that means that you can get the rest of us in however, you know, however that works.
3: Okay. All right, so he's going to he's going to start walk Kurt Kurt starts walking closer to the security guard. He holds up the the swipe card mm-hmm. and says, "Yeah, you know, I I'm I'm really sorry. I I I left my ID at home. I drove all the way out here. I just I need to I need to pick something up in the lab. You know, I I I've got some people here with me. I I need to show them something. They need they need to look over something." Could you just could you let us through? I, I've got the security card, and I would like to use I would like to use my ability. Sure. on the, Yeah. Like, can okay. you let us through? Sure. Roll for it. Come on. Uh, that is a six. A six. <gasps> it's
1: a fail. Yep. I'm not going to use luck. Okay, sir. No, we can't. I. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, there's there's a procedure that I have to follow that uh, I can't just let you in with sight unseen. I mean, we we have we have policies here. You should know that if you work here, sir. I would need to see an ID and I would need you to sign in so that you're registered as having come in. I can't let you through uh, without an ID and without you signing in. As he's saying that, Kurt is kind of slowly moving
3: towards him. Okay. Okay.
2: Principal on the move.
3: Does he react at all as I like
1: get closer to him? He sort of he he sees you approaching. He does not initially move because, in his estimation, you may be approaching to sign to sign in or mm-hmm. do something else. He does not sort of immediately react. Do I notice a weapon? Um, he does have a pistol, like a on on one hip. He has like a holster. All right. Kurt is going to
3: try to get as close to him as he can Mm -hmm. without him reacting. But as soon as he makes any move, I'm going to do something else. Okay. Sir, if you don't have an ID, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Sir? And Kurt lunges at the security guard and attempts to take
1: a bite out of his neck. (gasps) Okay. (laughs) Uh, I need you to roll a kick some ass roll. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
3: This roll needs to be better than the last one. Ah! Uh, let me make sure. I, know. I think needed. I'm a plus one,
1: but.
2: Can we see this, by the way? How close are we?
1: I don't think so. <laughs>
2: Damn it! I'm gonna say Damn yeah.
1: It. You can't really see this occurring. I've... There are like there are glass front doors, but it is like yeah, it's one of those like back. it's dark and it's a little further back situation, so you're not quite able to see what's going on. Um, I rolled an eight. Rolled an eight. Okay. Um, so in that case, uh, there are, (laughs) there is a a price to pay to get, you know, to get this successfully off. So, um, you do get towards him, but he is able to draw his gun (gasps) quickly, um, Mm -hmm. and he fires a shot off. Now, the now everyone outside would hear the shot. Yeah. Um, and, and Dr. Seltzer is immediately just like, what, oh my God, what's happening? And the, the bullet hits you. This would be, uh... This is a two, I think a pistol is considered a two harm close weapon. So I'm going to say two harm. And for the record, my teeth Mm -hmm. do four harm. Yes. You actually fully take a bite out of this man's neck and he, you, you kill him. He, it rips his throat out and he gargles blood just sort of erupts from his throat. And he tries to kind of scream and there's this gargled yell as he collapses to the ground. I will also need you to make an act under pressure roll.
2: And then I've got a thing whenever that is done.
1: Eight on the act under pressure roll. Eight on the act under pressure roll. Okay. You're going to need to do something to resist your urge right now. What is it that you do? I will also, if you want to just give in, I will give you that as an option. But otherwise, you have to kind of make a choice about how you will resist.
3: I don't think that he can resist at this point. I think it's been... He's been doing too much resisting. Okay. and I think this I think this ends up being being too much for okay. him.
1: All right. Uh, just the, through the shock and the violence, your eyes kind of go the, the whites turn black Ooh. and your pupils go red and you drop to your knees in the blood of this man and just start like biting into his neck, drinking the blood out. There's blood on your clothes. Um, You're just in sort of like a feral state. Feeding. Mm -hmm. Uh, Marin, what would you like to do?
2: So here's the thing.
0: Um, (laughs)
2: Right before Kurt goes inside, Mm -hmm. she, ever since they were in that car, Mm -hmm. she has been racking her brain because the last time that she was in Greece, Mm -hmm. she was talking to her ex, Nico, who... ...works in the archives. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a scholar of the the ancient prophecies and takes care of them. Mm -hmm. And the thing about prophecy is that sometimes it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows what it means. And so part of his job is cataloging the stuff that they don't know what it's about. And he's good at his job. And he calls from that list sometimes... And the last time she was there, he gave her this stuff, and he was like, I have no idea what this is, but like, you should know about these things.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And in this moment with Kurt, she grabs him and she's like, wait, 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 wait. I think there's a th- there, there, there's a, there's a thing um, from Pythia. In the time of darkness, there will be the place of light, and there will be the guard and the man who is principal of all things goes there and is attacked and i don't know that it gets weird but you got to go left there's going to be a point where i th- i think this is you although i don't know if grand high school is really all things prophecies are weird <laughs> if he go if he's armed mm-hmm. go left and she is going to retroactively warn someone about attack so that it doesn't happen. So you don't take that to harm. You duck Great. whenever that gun goes off.
1: Okay. Beautiful. Yay! Beautiful. I <gasps> like it. I like it. Um, so in this case, because uh, Marian has this ability um, and had uh, these, um, these prophecies that have been read to her, that she has read, that have been told to her by members of her sect, etc. She conveys this to you as... I think this is something that's about to happen. So in that, at that point of attack, when he drew the gun, you were able to move with a, almost uh, a sort of supernatural reflex as well. And the bullet just buries into the wall back behind you. Um, you still then yeah. bite this man's <laughs> throat out and that. then drop to your knees and start uh, consuming blood. You, but you did avoid the harm.
3: Whew. Thank you. Um so so one other one other thing. So because I rolled an 8 and not a fail on the act under pressure. Mm-hmm. What I think Kurt would like to do in yes. that moment where he's like he he's like trying to fight giving in mm-hmm. he, what he what he would what he would like to do mm-hmm. is kind of knowing knowing what it looks like to give in, to give in and try to kind of get it over with quickly. You know, in the hope that he can do it and come out of the state Before the other three of them decide to react to the gunshot and come running up, okay. What are the chances I can make that happen?
1: Um, I would say when you give in to feed, you know you are aware that you have to give in for at least a little while, just it's just part of your nature. So, you don't know how much time you would have in order to like they're good. I'm about to ask them what their reaction to hearing the gunshot is, and and the what your one saving grace here is you have the one swipe to get in here, and that door is locked again. <gasps> it goes, it closes and it goes red. Oh, you have to swipe in again to get in. Good point. So, you know, you that may buy you enough time. Okay, cut to outside gunshot from inside. That is clearly here. Heard what happens? What do we do?
2: I, I run as fast as I can.
1: Okay, Evie is um, not as
0: fast as Miriam, but she is right after.
1: Okay, and and uh, Dr. Selter will do the sort of like, I'm confused, <laughs> I don't know if I should be doing this or not, like half jog behind you, like yep. kind of holding yourself like, I don't know if this is what we should be running towards this, but mm-hmm. this is where these other people are going, okay? Seltzer's a smart lady. <laughs> um, you run up to the door, red light is on, and you pull at it and pull at it, and it does not yeah. open.
0: I'm going to use magic to try to unlock
1: it. Okay, roll for me, please.
0: Dr. Seltzer's seen some shit, whatever.
1: <laughs> At this point, she's in.
0: <laughs> 10.
3: Nice. 10.
0: Pop that lock.
1: Beautiful. So <laughs> that strange it works without lock. issue, um, and you would like to open that lock.
0: Yeah, put handle hand all- on. We it. have
1: allowed previously is sort of a, a possible effect. Yeah, from the sorry, magic. I just sense. kind of went with it. No, no, because it, I think it, it makes before. it makes sense that that's something that uh, you would be able to do. It's a relatively simple thing. So you grab onto the handle. Black energy kind of goes around and into the door, and it actually just starts flashing red and green, red and green, red and green, <laughs> and then just the light just turns out completely, and you Love pull, it. and the door opens. What the, the fuck? scene that <laughs> that you see before you is as you walk in a little ways down this hall to this desk is just back behind the desk. Kurt is kneeling in blood. I think they catch you literally as you are starting oh. to come out of it. So mm. but and I think I I think this might have to be the 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 moment where it becomes obvious because I think you, you, Kurt, you are in the state, you hear them, the footsteps, you turn, and your eyes are still black, and then they go back to your normal, and you come out of that state of feeding. But you are there, kneeling in this man's blood, like having just been over his neck. Mm-hmm. And I think they yep. saw the eyes change.
0: While, yeah. before we really, like, go in, I mean, after I do the thing, can I tell Dr. Stelter, like, fucking stay here, who knows, what the, we'll, we'll come back, we'll come back, just... I try to convince her just to stay at the door,
1: so that okay, okay, whatever. Take care of whatever situation, and then come come get me, and then come get me.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. Okay, okay. So that Marion walked in, like she she didn't wait for anything, so she definitely gets a great view.
3: So I think Kurt, his mind, I think his mind goes almost completely blank when he's in this feral state, like when his eyes are black. I think his uh, his mind, he almost doesn't remember. Anything when he comes out of it, he almost doesn't remember anything that happened as part of it. But he's so used, you know, this has happened so many times over the course of his life now that this is, he knows what it's like to lose that time and then to come back. And he hears them come in. He looks over his shoulder, and sees them. And I think he's unsure of what to do and just like looks at Marion, specifically at Marion, just to see like, can I get any read? on what her reaction is here.
2: I think, like, as... First she ran, right? And then Mm -hmm. she had to pause. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think she was looking through this glass door, desperately trying to see, and I imagine we couldn't see you until we got in. Yes. So, like, I think she was in the process of, like, having a hand on one of the knives on her back. And... But she was waiting to draw it until she knew what was going on. So I think when she sees... Marion knows exactly what she's looking at and her hands at her weapon still, but it's still not drawn. And I think she just sits there or stands there and just says, coach, why?
1: And that's where we're going to end our episode for now.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: oh. Oh. vampire oh. principal.
2: <laughs> you are <a> Bailey's, whatever.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Vampires a Bailey's can't be principals.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's actually uh, no, it's their teacher. That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast was created using Monster of the Week, written by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions. It is based on an original adventure written by Tommy Whitty. Our intro music was composed and produced by Jean-Luc Bouchard. You can find more information about the Nature of My Game podcast at NOMGpodcast on Twitter and Instagram or at NOMGpodcast.com. To support us on Patreon, please visit www.patreon.com slash N-O-M-G podcast.